We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hello and welcome into the So Rare Andrews podcast. I am Andrew Laird, also known as Lairdino on So Rare, uh, joined as always by Andy Black, known as Black on So Rare. Um, you can find me uh, on Twitter at Rotowire Andrew. Andy is ABlack86. Uh, today, th- this week's topic, SO5 Strategies, which you may have gotten from the title of the podcast that you just uh, clicked on or the video you clicked on. Um, I asked Andy before we started recording whether we should start with one topic or another, and it seemed like it was a bit of a chicken and chicken and the egg, uh, and we didn't pick a chicken or an egg. So uh, <laughs> I think I'm going to have to flip a coin here. Yeah. Um, but basically, the the discussion was: Should you uh, think about what contests you're entering before you know what cards or lineups you're going to play, or should you? just get a bunch of cards and then figure it out. Um, Andy, I started my so rare journey by buying MLS cards in the MLS off season. So there was no thought of like, Oh, I'll just build stuff for now. And, or, you know, I'll, I'll buy some cards to enter. Now I bought cards um, admittedly because they were cheap uh, because it was the off season. Uh, But I think if you're starting out, the smartest thing to do is figure out really where you want to end up and then work your way from there. Uh, does that make sense? Yeah, I think so. I, I mean, it, it really is situational. So if if you have money, I mean, it's a lot different than yep. somebody that's coming in on a budget trying to, you know, maybe maybe purchase players for next season or, or the fall season. So it, I... I'm going to stress that a lot today, that a lot of the topics that we're going to discuss are situational and really depend on your situation. Mm -hmm. And usually that situation depends on your budget. Yeah. Not completely, but maybe 90%. I think so. Yeah. Um, So let's 
I want to go back to this point that uh, I attempted to make a second ago. So like I heard, I, I feel like uh, so much of the, uh, how do I get started in so rare? Like what's the easiest way in? Everyone's like, well, play global all-star for the thresh, thresh, threshold, F threshold. There we go. There you go. Try to combine it all together, um, which we know is changing a little bit uh, or drastically. We don't know how, how big the change is. Um, we do know it's changing at least uh, to be more aligned with uh, U.S. dollars. Uh, that hasn't happened yet. We're taping this uh, April 29th, 2021. Sometime in May, I believe, uh, we're going to the $30 for 250 points and uh, $15 for uh, 205. That, of course, is paid in, in F anyway. So uh, if F continues to go up, then those will go up. But um, so I feel like the strategy is like get get five players or four and use a common goalkeeper and just kind of grind out. And I feel like uh, the idea with that is, uh, you know, earn F week to week, game week to game week, and then you can buy some more players. And we kind of ignore that uh, the progression is usually based on entering the regional contests after that, not necessarily like that you're going to play global D4, global D3, D and work your way up that way. Yeah. Uh, so... I almost feel like this the the strategy, and obviously it depends on type of on, on the uh, time of year because uh, of the seasonalities. But uh, theoretically, right now, you shouldn't go in and buy five European players because the off season is coming. But like, should the advice really be more about buying five players within one league so that you can progress to the regional uh, tournaments as opposed to just playing global all star? Yeah, I mean, that might be the end goal. You might start with four players or three players that are all kind of grouped together. But uh, the end goal, sure, might be five players that that are all from the same region. But yeah. I wouldn't – like, if you're finding deals on players from different regions and you're able to put them together to, to form a D4 team, I would say stick to that for now. Um, so if you have some Asians and Americans and you're kind of putting those together to, uh, to put a D14, uh, all-star D14 together, uh, then I wouldn't say that I would like abort mission and, and only start buying the Asians or Americans. Um, you might start to like, if, as, as you decide to add on, that is something to think about. Like, okay, I have three Asians now. If I get two more, I can enter them into the the uh, regional Asian tournament. And then I'm only now, now I'm two away on my all-star D4 team. So I'm going to have to pick up two players there as well. So, you know, you start robbing from this lineup and then you got to start adding back to this one and you're, you'll see a lot of that. But I think that that's a big part of the way that this game is played. And I think that's why one of the, 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 everyone always says, well, we'll go start an all-star D4 with a common goalkeeper because it's, it's cheaper entry. And you really get a feel for like what the progression of this game should be like and how how am I supposed to play? Because there, there's going to be a billion guides out here. The number of content creators and people creating guides, how to play and all this, you really just got – you got you to gotta experience it for yourself to really <laughs> know what it's, it, it, it is. Yeah, I think uh, one of the things I keep stressing because uh, we have a lot of new people um, – like from Rotowire subscribers who are like, hey, how do we how do we do this? And there really is no right way to play. Uh, and that's like ignoring the 
you know, you could play just to flip cards. You could play uh, just to accumulate cards. Like there, there's a whole bunch of different stuff uh, of how you can theoretically like play so rare. Um, but I think the, the key is you want to progress in the game and how you progress is going to be different. And so like the guide of like buy these cards and then you can buy these cards and then you can buy these, like that might not work for you. Like um, there are a number of people that I talk to who are really into MLS and it's like, should I play the Asia tournaments? And it's like, do you have any interest in Asia? And they're like, no. I'm like, then don't like, you, nobody's making you do it. Like, right. um, so like, if you want to just stick with, uh, with MLS, like you can do that. And we've kind of mentioned on a few other podcasts before that, um, Obviously, the prizes of each tournament are dependent on what the tournament is. So if you don't want to win new tier three Asia cards, don't play the Asia tournaments. Um, and so you can kind of build your lineup, you know, build your gallery. We're not calling it a gallery anymore, are we? Build your club. Yeah, that's it. Excuse me. Um, like build your club to what you want to win. Uh, like I think uh, a lot of it, a lot of my own thinking is just like, okay, like what do I do now? What do I do now? And I'm, I think recently I've started to be like, wait a minute, like, what do I want to win and how do I get there? And I'm kind of like, now I'm working my way back. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, if, if you do get to the point though, where you acquire enough Asians or whatever to like submit a lineup, you might as well just lump it in there because I'm at that point now where like I have Asian lineups. I've actually sold out of some of the players just because I it's not that appealing to me, but mm -hmm. I might as well lug together a lineup and really low effort, throw it in there. I don't even check for DMPs or anything. I just I get five guys that played good last week, they're playing again this week, throw them in there. Hope it hope hope it hits. But mm -hmm. uh I mean I could also just sell out of all of those cards as well, but I I feel like there's some some benefit to at least having a lineup there and being able to throw it in there just for the sheer fact that there's going to be midweeks and stuff where I need an extra goalkeeper, let's say for all-star. And now I have those assets that I can pull into all-star in case I have one MLS goalkeeper playing that week, but I have enough midfielders to complete two lineups. So there's benefits in holding some of those players just, it's not really my intentions in competing heavily in those regions. Yeah. I mean, you could even just make the argument that if, you know, you get lucky one week and you win a card and you can sell it and like, that's going to help yeah. you if you're going to buy from a different region, at least now you have a little more F to play with. And sure. um, I've been getting rid of a number of tier three Asia cards. So uh, <laughs> thank you for everyone who uh, have been buying those. Um, so do you, how do you start, um, like when you put your lineups in, it's a Thursday, so we're going to have to do all our lineups tonight. Um, are there certain regions that you start with? And if so, do you start with them? Cause you're like, this is what I want to win this week. Or is it like, these are the cards that I always start with cause they're my favorite cards. And where do I put them? Like, how do you, how do you do it? Yeah, I start in the regionals, but there's a lot of different opinions on this. Like <laughs> if you go watch Quinny's streams, his go-to is all-star D3. Because they offer so many star prizes. I think that All-Star D3 has like, is it nine, nine tier zero cards? Or, I think that's there's right. A, there's a bunch. It's more it's than any other region. So that's where he targets because there's more more available star level prizes. I target the regions and then I kind of, All-Star ends up being kind of my leftovers, which 
usually my leftovers are pretty good players. So it's not, it's not that big of a deal. I mean, obviously my strongest teams will be in the region regionals, right. but I think part, part of my reasoning for this is bad strategy. My goal right. is my goal should not be the most lineups. My goal should be the best lineups, but I, and I have this, like, it's like this inner demon. That's like, ah, you got to do more lineups, more lineups, more chances to win. Right? No. And I have a really hard time fighting that, that inner demon. I'll call it. That just keeps telling me, Hey, you need more lineups. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> um, Play the why, best lineup. <laughs> yeah. Why do you think prioritizing the regions is better than an all-star? Well, I don't think it's better. I do it because I can submit more lineups if I do that. Oh, okay. So that's what you Yeah. So if I, if I submit my lineup in all-star D3, for instance, first, I might rob a U23 player or I might rob an Asian player that I can no longer use in that region. And I may not be able to submit that lineup now. I got you. Which, which as I said, submit your best lineups, not the most lineups, but I'm going to make that mistake again this week because I do it every week and to a fault. I'll get better at some point. At some point I'm going to be cured of this disease, but not yet. I think the thing that works in your favor in terms of, well, I was going to say, what I was going to say is I think that all stars harder. Um, obviously D4 is, uh, I mean, when we have over 6,000 entries, um, it feels like a bit of, of a lottery. Um, so that doesn't mean that the other ones are easy, uh, but theoretically they're easier. Um, now I will say that of the, the 6,000 entries, like we, um, the last game week, last weekend, there were just over 6,100 uh, entries in global D4. Um, and, you know, it's 130 spots that get paid and that's gonna change yeah. sometime next month, we're told. Um, we don't know how many more, but um, as uh, HG said last week, it's gonna be a tier three party, so. Can't wait, can't wait yeah, for this one. So um, let me see if I can share this with you because I, um, I wonder if this will work. Oh, that wasn't it, hold on. So the, the idea is if, if you're putting your best lineups, like do you think if you prioritize your best lineups, they go into global? Or do you think your best lineups still are the regional ones, which like maybe, maybe the, your strategy actually is the correct one, but you're not, but you're doing it for the wrong reason. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And maybe that's part of the problem. Um, I think I probably should put some more priority on all-star D3 um, after kind of seeing what other people do and just the better, better tier zero prizes there. Um, and every once in a while I will, I'll, I'll have a really close lineup and then I'll rob some other ones and then I'll make a really good all-star D3. That's kind of what it comes down to is there's only so many really good cards in my gallery. So I, I can only submit so many really good lineups in the end. So, uh, and then, you know, you have injuries and stuff too, to where you're at, or a suspension this week, whatever. And then it really, you're really starting to rob Peter to pay Paul. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I think I think my my strategy needs to be focusing more on All Star D three, and less so on 
submitting the most possible lineups. Right. Um, so this, uh, apologies for those listening just on the audio, but I have this, um, this graph up that's basically the most recent game week showing kind of what you need to win a card uh, for each tournament. All-Star was the hardest last week, but like the week before, like Champion Europe was hard, uh, was the hardest. And then Challenger Europe, like the, you know, we get high scores in some. And uh, I think there are a lot of people who may start building stuff and they're just like, well, if as long as I score, uh, you know, they kind of use this, the, the idea of the F threshold in Global All-Star to the other regions and just say, well, instead of me trying to build a lineup that scores 205 or 250, I'm just going to build a lineup that scores 320. Uh, and like, if that's my goal every week, then, you know, a decent amount of time I'll, I'll win a card and uh, you know, it'll be a tier three card, but it's, you know, a card nonetheless. And sometimes all your guys uh, you know, they just go nuts. And so you're, you're perfectly fine with uh, you know, those guys. Um, but I don't know. Like I, I still haven't, decided like uh we've talked about this like i have this river plate stack that i've been playing recently in champion america and uh i'm still not completely convinced it's the right move to play it there as opposed to global all-star um i kind of put these uh this mls team together and i haven't played a single mls player in champion america until this past this midweek and it's only because one of my river plate guys was hurt so i'm playing MLS guys in global when I, and that's making me then not play some of the European guys I have. Cause I'm like, I got to use my MLS guys. I didn't buy them to sit them. So I'm kind of in this weird cycle as well of like, I, I've prioritized one, one lineup that I then have decided to prior to put in one contest, which then robs it of any of those guys somewhere else. Uh, like I, it's a five player river plate stack. And I'm like, it's silly to split it. Yeah, it might, I mean, it might make more sense to. So you think it would make more sense to split it up? It might be. Like mm -hmm. I, so like uh, Nicholas De La Cruz is U23, so I'm not playing him. I haven't played him in U23 yet. Um, I have um, Bore, who might might not be my best forward. And yeah. if I'm playing him with the other guys, I'm just doing it because he happens to play for the same team. I'm doing it basically hoping for a decisive correlation of one of my guys assists his goal. Um, but like there are plenty of other guys on the team like this past this specific game week, they scored twice. I didn't get any goal. I didn't get any assist. Um, I, think, I think what I would do with that lineup personally is I would play the best players and remove like so the defensive stack with your goalkeeper is probably the sweetest sweetest part of that lineup. You you've got Diaz and uh, what's the other guy that uh -huh. takes the case? Oh, Angulari, yeah, yeah. So so then I mean you put them with with Cruz and then put your best forward in that lineup. Whoever your best forward is, whoever you have the best chance of getting a decisive action with, put in that lineup, and then that's. And if, it, if it's somebody from a different region, then you play an all-star. Mm -hmm. If it's some, if it's an American, then maybe you still consider keeping them in champion America. But um, that's, I think that's what I would do with that lineup is I would make that your, your money lineup. Yeah. So like the, the only reason I like playing a lot of the river plate guys in champion America is because so many people have MLS guys. So it's like, I, I think there's a little bit of this DFS mentality of, 
like a trying to get a little differentiation because uh, you know, if I get these goals then nobody else is going to have them. Right. Um, but like there aren't duplicate lineups, like nobody's going to have my exact five. Uh, I mean, it's possible. Anybody can go out and do it. Right. Um, but I think I kind of prioritize that a little too much. Um, but I also am like, maybe I'm better off playing De La Cruz in champion America, because if everybody has them, they obviously should play him in U23. So if I don't, you know, if I play him in, in champion America, then I have this differential. Um, so like, that's actually what I want to bring up to you also. Like how often do you play U23 guys not in a U23 tournament? Only when I have like better options already in U23. So, uh, and I have that typically like most game weeks I'll have like good U23 players not playing in, in U23. Um, so it's not, it, that's not really something like I, I'm that all that concerned about, like whether, whether or not I'm, I'm forcing them into those lineups or not. I just focus like U23 is probably like one of my biggest areas of focus, D3 and D4. So usually I put my best lineups there. Yeah. I think you've said that before that you kind of prioritize that one. Um, D3 especially. Right. Right. Um, yeah. I just think, I mean, I haven't, so rare hasn't been around enough. I feel like for me to have any sort of like conclusive, like, no, you should definitely always play U23s and U23, but yeah. it sure feels like it makes sense you kind of mentioned earlier where like you have that differential where you have like, you know, all the river plate guys and uh, champion America and maybe other people won't. I think that that works in DFS because the player pools are smaller, but the player pools in, in Sora are so massive. It's like, <laughs> there's going to be other players that, that go off that week. And it's not like you're gaining an advantage by picking a player that has like a low salary cap hit. So like it's, you might, you in DFS, you might use a guy with a low ownership because he has a low salary cap hit, but it doesn't matter. in so rare, like no. you might as well just pick your best player. And there's going to be people that cancel them out because yeah, you have Cruz and he, maybe he scores a hundred, but if Zelleran or Gil score a hundred as well, there's going to be a hundred or I don't know. What is there like 75 of those in existence? There's gonna be like 60, 65 of those played in Champion America to cancel right. you out anyway. So it's not like you're gonna have that one. Oh, and and also too, since the scores are capped, like it's not like you can score like like in like a hundred and fifty points with with one guy that just goes completely off. Like your score is still capped. So yeah, you can only gain so much of an edge off of one player. And then when there's gonna be like like players that are that are similar in the same region anyways. Like it's very rare that there's just going to be one guy that's over and away better than everybody in a region. It'll happen, but it's, I would say pretty rare with how vast the number, the player pool has gotten in these regions. So yeah. I don't think that the advantage like of, of, of doing that is like all that big of a deal. I'm starting to come to that realization pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, it's like, just make your best lineup. Right. Right. <laughs> Well, it, it's it's funny because there's like a DFS like joke of like just play the best plays, but like in so rare like they act that that is exactly what you should do, um, right. as long you know, meaning your best plays. Just, you can't not everybody can go out and just get you know, Mbappe and Ronaldo and all right. those guys. Um, 
So we kind of like mentioned stacks a few times. Uh, obviously, I think most people don't try to do what I am attempting to do with this five-player stack. Um, but the 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 goalie defender or goalie two defenders like that seems to be the the most reasonable. Like I think uh, everybody really likes the idea of like I'm going to get a midfielder and a forward or like two midfielders and they're going to mm-hmm. like hook up for a goal and I'll get all these points. But like. Right it just really doesn't happen that often. Um, like league leaders in, you know, get the whole like goal to assist combo, like the highest you'll find is like seven in an entire season. Um, so like, I think if you're somebody who is starting out and you have, like, if you have a defender or, you know, you have a common goalkeeper, I think it makes sense to get a defender from that team. Um, but I just, I'm not sure the, the midfielder forward or two mids or, uh, two forwards, makes the most sense. Um, how do you feel about that? Those So, I mean, I, I think if you wanted to, like the whole team stack is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Like you can get the, like you had with the, what was it? The five nothing river, river play game. Yep. Yeah. You're going to do well that week, regardless of, you know, whether all of your guys hook up together on decisive actions, mm-hmm. you're going to have a good week, but how often are they going to win five nothing? I don't know. Like, Apparently, apparently fairly often, right? Well, yeah. <laughs> Depends on the team. Right. So uh, I, I think that I would be less uh, less intrigued with the like midfielder, 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 forward uh, correlation. And I would be more focused on correlation with defenders and goalkeepers for the sheer fact you get the clean sheet bonus on all three players if you do the full three stack. It does seem like a situation that you'll you should never split though. Like if you have a goalkeeper and a defender, I don't think there's a situation where you're what's that? Why split them, right? Right. That's what I mean. Yeah, I I think you're hundred percent right. I think that, that like they should always go in lineups together. Like I have Mancini and, and Paolo Lopez, who may be hurt now, but yeah. uh, <laughs> they should always go together. And and I've got Magnin and uh or Mignon. Mignon, yeah, and uh, I'm gonna pronounce it how I won't pronounce it. <laughs> and uh, Font and yep. uh, Botman now, so they're gonna go together. There's no reason, unless I want to play Botman over in U23 or something. But for the most part, they need to go together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. If nice I believe in them enough to put them in a lineup, then I need to believe that they can get the clean sheet and, and really hammer hammer home victory for me. I think the. I think it's reasonable to play two defenders um, without the goalkeeper. Um, if if you don't think the clean sheet is that, like that's the problem, is that uh, like relying on the clean sheet is is just so tough uh, because yeah. anything stupid can happen. Um, like River Plate last night, um, conceding at ninety plus four. So well, you play right? <laughs> was it? Yeah. Uh, uh, um, but like, like defenders can score well enough without a clean sheet. I mean, they can get decisives. They can, uh, you know, do that. They, they can score enough points. Um, the, the, the clean sheets for defenders at 10 points is like losing. That is not going to kill you. Sure. A goalkeeper losing it, you're dead in terms of like scoring really, really highly. That said, clean sheets are so unpredictable. Like- right. You can't predict it. Even if you have a bad matchup, I would still probably pair them together nine times out of ten. I mean, unless, I mean, 
unless the matchup is just god awful, horrible. You're playing PSG away or something. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, I think you got to really play those stacks together because if if somehow you do get the clean sheet, it's the score is going to be really good. And like you can put any other goalkeeper in there, even with a great matchup, River Plate happens to them and they lose the clean sheet, and now they have thirty five. So yeah, I, I I think it's so unpredictable that it's hard to it's hard to say that yeah you should split it up because it's unpredictable, right? Yeah, I think, I mean, also just like dumb things happen, like penalties happen or just like mistakes can happen. And uh, really the worst thing is to be in such a huge matchup that uh, you concede once and make no saves. Like you have like the worst situation where like there's just nothing from your goalkeeper um, because the matchup was too good, but they happen to give up the the one goal on some fluky uh, move and and you're kind of dead that way. Yeah. just why we hate goalkeepers, or I hate goalkeepers so much. I hate goalkeepers too. Yeah. yeah. The good news is we get to pay so much for them. Um, so we, I have this note here about lineup building that like, because um, somebody was asking me today, they were like, is it better to target guys who kind of like score really well than they play when they play mm-hmm. or guys who always play, but just like don't really score that well? And it's weird to like tell somebody like it really doesn't matter. Like if you're playing for now and you want to enter contests and like play for the F threshold, uh, you really shouldn't buy players who like kind of play sometimes, but they score well when they do. Like it's, I hate like telling people this because it's like, well, this guy is definitely better, but if he's only playing every other game, every third game, like you just have to realize you're going to get zeros often. And like, do you want to pay for that? So, like, playing time still is, like, the most important thing. I mean, guys, I don't know what guys are like that, but, uh, I mean, if they have DNPs and they're unpredictable, then I don't ever want to own them. Honestly, DNP avoidance is the single most important point of this game. I mean, if you have a DNP, you are dead. That lineup is dead. You Maybe you can still scrape together in a threshold with uh, a DNP, but – um, DNP avoidance, doing your research. I mean, I- I'm saying this and I'm offering this great advice to people, but I had made that mistake again this week. Um, I played Mancini this week and he was suspended. Uh, short week, I should know this. I should avoid this. And uh, I mean, these mistakes are, are a lot of people are out there making them. And this was a simple one. I mean, we, there was not very many games being played this midweek and, and I, I totally missed it. So uh, DMP avoidance. Uh, if, if, if you're catching yourself in a bad run, like I'm in a bad run right now, haven't been winning rewards. A lot of it is my own doing. I need to do more research. I should, I should have caught that. Granted, if I would have caught that, I still would have had Menzo with a surprise DMP and it wouldn't have mattered, but still you have to, when, when you can, when you can miss a DMP, miss the DMP. Yeah. And I think, um, yeah, it, it's just weird to like give that advice of like, this guy looks really good when he plays and it's yeah. like, well, if he's not playing, he's not going to look that good in your lineup. Just throwing right. up zeros. Um, yeah. I guess, a, I guess an example of that type of player might be a guy that like subs on like a, uh, I mean, one Wondolowski would be not a good example anymore, but like in his previous years where he would like sub on and get a goal. Um, yeah. That looks pretty good. We're driven by the search for better. 
But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Been on the score sheet when you're popping 60s off every every once in a while, but um, that's not really what you want because if they have a lead, they may not sell them on and mm-hmm. then you're, just, you're screwed that week. So, yeah, I want guys to play. <laughs> every week they play. Yeah, well, I think the really the other point of that, because you were saying like maybe you can scrape together – uh, you know, 205 from your other four guys mm-hmm. that only works in one tournament. Like, yeah. and if you're entering a bunch, like you're, you're, you are For dead sure. everywhere else. Um, so yeah, you're just, uh, you're stuck there a little bit. Um, so we have a bunch of questions about captains. Um, the economy is made up of real people doing real stuff and it affects everything, which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed, Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcasts. I actually want to play... really bad advice here. Let me... Let me... <laughs> Before we get to captains, actually, yeah. let me, uh, I'll tease that one. But yeah. um, we have some questions about like whether you should play two defenders or two midfielders or two forwards. Mm-hmm. And the really bad answer is it always depends. Uh, like if there's a really great matchup and you have two forwards, uh, we were talking earlier this week, a few guys that I was looking at, um, I was like, well, this guy is really a midfielder. Uh, but his card is a forward, so I can like fill a forward spot with a midfielder, uh, or maybe it was vice versa. It was definitely vice versa. It was a forward who had, or now am I? It's a forward whose card, or it's a midfielder whose card is a forward. And you were like, yeah, but he doesn't get any of the kind of the peripheral points, the tackles yeah. one and all that stuff. Like the the forwards don't get those points. And so I think that's one of the things you have to consider when you have if you if you're looking in a lineup to play two forwards you're playing them basically for decisives. Like if they don't get on the score sheet, you're probably looking at 60 combined points, uh, you know, maybe 70, um, which really isn't usually enough. So then everyone's like, well, I'll just play two midfielders then. It's like, well, if you play two defensive midfielders and, you know, they both have like okay games, then the two forwards that the other guy played, then they both scored, now you're dead. So like that's kind of the reason why I feel like there's no like specific answer for it, but... Do you feel any differently? Yeah, uh, I do. I, I think two forwards is typically a bad bad play. Um, obviously, we're always we're always limited by what's in our gallery or our club. But uh, 
so so make the decision you know that that suits you but i think most of the time two midfielders or two defenders uh is the right play if if you got that defender goalie goalkeeper stack great um the midfielders i mean i think for the most part you you want attacking midfielders Mm-hmm. Um, that way you're more prone to get the decisive action along with the big all-around score. Um, and, I mean, we can rip off all the names of the guys that we just – we see they're always one decisive action away from 85 points because they 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 churn up to 60 with their, their all-around. So, I mean, those are the guy, guys that I dream to have in all my lineups one day. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean – I would love to have two midfielders that are like that in all my lineups. Like that would be my, if, if, if money wasn't a, you know, uh, a barrier, then mm-hmm. all my lineups are going to have two midfielders that can uh, churn 60 points through all around. And then always have that option of really popping off into the high eighties with a decisive. Yeah. It's always nice to get to the eighties with a single decisive instead of needing two of them. Yeah. Um, because we still, I mean, we obviously see plenty of them like that. Um, and if you're a forward, you need two decisives to get over 80, really. Usually, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, I think uh, from the, the DFS terminology are basically like floor and ceiling. Uh, mm-hmm. And so if I, we kind of talk about, uh, in DFS at least, you want more floor guys for like cash games because you don't have to beat as many people. Yeah. But, you, but in order to win tournaments, you need guys who like it you should be playing tournaments as if you're going to come in first or last. Uh, and so uh, if you're like primarily a tournament player, you're going to, there's a lot of losing that goes on, but when you win, you win a ton. And so I think I kind of keep going back and forth with this on so rare, because as of now, it's hard to win cards. Um, certainly in global all-star. Like I think, I actually think playing two forwards in global all-star is okay uh, because but you I need. Do they have a higher ceiling than an attacking midfielder? We, I mean, we'd have to look at the data. We should have done that beforehand. But um, it's too I, much data. Yeah, I think I think attacking midfielders are going to have just a higher higher overall ceiling. It just well, takes too many decisive actions for a for a forward to get there. Well, the ceiling. Th- that's the funny thing. The ceiling's hundred. Like we know yeah. you can't get above hundred, and so right. it's kind of like right. well, I guess you have to look into that. Like. What does my player normally do? Mm-hmm. And then what does he have to do to get to 100? And in this matchup, do you think he can get there? And I guess you're right. Forwards generally, they need to have huge gains. I mean, Chicharito last week, hat trick, didn't get 100. Right. <laughs> right. Which is wild. But like. Somebody else just had three decisives and had less. I think it was Casper. Uh, Prisb- uh, actually, I'm not even Yeah, not even going to try. Yeah. Sergeant Bilko. Um, yes, that's right. Two goals and assist or assist or one goal, two assists. I forget what it was last yeah. night. Um, yeah. And he was less than Chicharito. Um, so yeah, maybe you're right. Um, I have this uh, Mechelen defensive stack that is going to fit right into this because um, we were talking about that there. Well, we, I feel like we didn't mention one of the benefits of the goalkeeper defender combination is you can do it somewhat cheaply um, because goalkeepers are so unpredictable and clean sheets are so unpredictable that if you're willing to stack, you know, a, a goalkeeper and two defenders, 
and they happen to get a clean sheet, like you're well on your way. And like every team gets clean sheets. It's not like a right. team will go through an entire season with zero. Now, granted, you probably don't want the team that has like two of them. Right. But if it's six, seven, like that's not so bad. If that's you can, six like, or seven weeks that you have good correlation. Yeah. And all you need is pretty good performances from your midfielder and forward to pick up a card. So Right. Um, let me see if I can. Is this it? Yeah, this was it. So, I mean, the defensive scores in, in this yeah, line that's are ridiculous. <laughs> so, um, yeah, this was uh, game week 136. Um, mm-hmm. Mechelen, what is this? And beat Yupin 3 nothing. And Mechelen um, is like, what are they like? They made the playoffs, so they're decent, a decent like mid-table type of team. Yes. Um, so they win 3 nothing. Uh, and their two center backs score almost 200 points with no decisives. Yeah. Uh, the right back hit, hit 100. <laughs> and of course, you get 77 from the goalie right. because he's uh, because he gets a clean sheet. I mean, we have right. the, the guy who scored goals, 78 points, 71 and 62. Like you're better off with the center backs who didn't score uh, in this huge game. Um, so, yeah, like I think if you're looking to stack – uh, and what, what is the average cost of those two center backs? Right. So not a lot. Um, the, the way that the market has gone, these guys cost basically the same today, April 29th, as they did on this game, which was January 23rd. And they were like point, point, point oh, three. Yeah. Each. Uh, so, and the goalie obviously gets, can be expensive. Although frankly, if you have a common goalie, if you had him, that's still like 35, you know, 38, nine points. And yeah. uh, plus the, the you're at 230 with three players. Um, right. So like, I think that one of the easier ways to get correlation and upside for relatively cheap is this stacking technique. And here's an example of it. Now, these guys don't do it all, you know, every week, but like right. they get enough and it's fine. That's why they're cheap is because they don't do it every week. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, you know, I, I think we were kind of talking about this earlier, but I think stacks, these types of defensive stacks are more prone to success for somebody with a smaller budget, because if you have a bigger budget, you really don't need to stack because yeah. you're buying really good players that typically perform well every week. The point of stacking is to get them to perform well in the same weeks, but they can all perform bad together. That's fine. If they want to be bad, you know, nine weeks out of 10, whatever. And then that 10th week, they all hit together. That, that, that might be your week to maybe you just win a tier three or something with that, but maybe that's, that, maybe that's a podium lineup right there where you have 77, 93, 97, and that's before bonuses. Maybe your midfielder and, and forward each get a decisive action each. And I think then you're really talking about a podium type of lineup and, you know, you, it, it takes persistence though and patience you're going to lump that those three guys together and most weeks they're not going to score well and they're not going to score well enough to to win you a prize and and you're going to get frustrated and easy for me to say persistence is going to win there but eventually they're going to get a clean sheet and they're going to score well together um i don't know how many weeks like we we look at this together and they all three or four scored well together but i looked at some other teams and i looked at some bottom of the table teams and even they have correlation on the weeks that they did well. And I think Yupin was one of the ones that I, I looked at. And uh, 
the, I think uh, even even uh, Waslin Beveren, the team team that's getting uh, relegated, yep. they had some correlation on uh, uh, their goalkeeper and defender. So it's possible, and you can do it affordably, but you have to be really patient. I'm really bad on that patient part. Me too. Hmm. Got to buy a better player, and then you break the combos, and you start going off in another direction, and it never pays off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think um, I think that is kind of a, a great point, though. That like, um, if you're willing to wait for the big game, the correlation between goalkeeper and defenders is obvious, and it, it uh, so rare scoring is made for them to work out well together. Uh, we. Uh, you know, obviously getting decisives is hugely helpful. Uh, you know, clearance off the line will get you there. Um, and, and those are kind of like randos are something that you can say, you know, you, you can't project that on a week to week basis. I think this is the week that he's going to right. clear ball off the line. Um, yeah. But the the correlation just makes a little too much sense to, to not at least try it. If you're starting out of just saying like, maybe I'll just buy the two center backs from this lower team. And, you know, if you have the common goalkeeper, from that team, then, you know, you're not, I mean, we've seen some. Or heck, um, even had a starting goalkeeper. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, we've seen some common cards finish top 10 in global recently. Obviously it doesn't happen yeah. often, but, um, but yeah, I think the correlation just makes a ton of sense there. And so now, now the frustrating part when, you know, you get those three right and you have 200 points from those three players and then your midfielder DNPs out the window. Yeah. <laughs> That's I, why but, the avoidance is the most important thing in the entire game. Right. right. Um, no, I think it's, I think what's kind of interesting also with the, if you can find kind of these cheaper defensive stacks is that if you have a limited budget and you're able to find these cheaper defenders, now you have more money to spend up on midfielders and forwards who could be more likely to have decisives. Um, so I kind of like look at it that way as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, we should also say, um, I actually don't own any of these guys, uh, and we're not telling anybody to buy them. In fact, their season's almost over. So, um, be careful. Yeah. Like we're not here to tell you to buy these guys. <laughs> this is, a, in fact, we just told you that they probably, probably won't hit most often. Right. Do not, buy these players. Do not buy these players. Right. I don't own them either. Right. Do not buy um, them. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so captains. Uh, oh, oh. so, you know, I um, hate this topic, right? So the, the way that I have always, not always, I'd say that as if I've been doing this for years, um, there are certain guys in my, in my gallery, I'm not going to stop saying gallery, just, I, I didn't realize we've changed this to club. Yeah. There are certain guys I feel like that are in my gallery that are my better cards. And so I'm just like, I'm just going to always captain them. Um, it's just going to take like a terrible matchup. And in those situations, like maybe I, I don't even play them. And even I probably play them anyway, but I just feel like there are certain guys that I'm always going to captain. Like Nicholas De La Cruz is one of them who mm -hmm. just what we said, he's got a 60 point floor. It feels like he's one decisive away from 85. Um, so I like, I want to captain that guy. Um, am I not thinking enough about it though? Um, I mean, when you have a star like that, I think that you're doing the right thing. Like you, like the old adage, you start your studs, right? Right. Well, I think that you captain your studs. I think, 
Another thing to look at, though, and to think about is how does this lineup win? And I think that 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 question is really important because there'll be situations where, you know, like you have that defensive stack or you have some other stack or you have some other kind of correlation going on. It's it's obviously is going to be reliant on that correlation. So if you built a U23 team with um, goalkeeper and two defenders or something like that. Maybe that's a bad example, but a goalkeeper, you, you built some team with a goalkeeper and two defenders. You may want to captain one of those defenders because for that lineup to win, you're going to need the clean sheet anyways. So you might as well captain one of the, the defenders and, and really hope that they have a, have a good game altogether. I mean, if you have, let's say you have Dale Cruz in that lineup too, he might score really well, really good as well. But for you to win, you need the correlation to hit. Um, so you are more likely to captain the guys who score less, fewer points from the clean sheet, as opposed to the guy who gets the most points from the clean sheet. Say that, say that again. Oh, captain, captaining the goalkeeper. That's well, I mean, he scores the most points from a clean sheet. So why not just captain that guy? It just seems like the the dumb thing to do. And I think it is the (laughs) dumb thing to do. Because so he can he can lose the clean sheet like we talked about earlier. He can lose the clean sheet and your defenders can st- still score well. So when you just look at averages and floors and potential ceilings, I think that all three of those things are better for your defenders. And you know, I said, how does this lineup win? Well, winning can be different. How does this lineup podium? Yeah, I need maybe the right answer is. No, the answer is still not, not either <laughs> because your defenders are going to have a higher hit rate of scoring 100 than your goalkeeper ever will because goalkeepers never done it to our knowledge. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I know you're trying to bait me into saying captain your goalkeeper, but I but I'm not going to say you're it. Not falling for it. In fact, we we were kind of talking about this earlier, and the only situation that I can ever think of that you might do it, and you still probably shouldn't, is if you if you're playing Division Three. You have a defensive stack with two defenders that are super rares and a rare goalkeeper. It might make sense to captain your goalkeeper there, but I still wouldn't do it. <laughs> so you're still definitely captaining the midfielder. I think so. Yeah. So I I think the the ceiling is the the important part of all of that. In that um, defenders are much more likely to score a hundred than a goalkeeper. Um, and it's not that goal that defenders score hundred a lot, um, yeah. but they're just the their path to a hundred is significantly easier than a goalkeeper. And we, even if the clean sheet is basically guaranteed, um, you know, they're it's a matchup against some twelve year old kids because there's some, some sort of uh, yeah. issue with the first team, so they're not going to score anything. Um, you're, you're not getting any other points from your goalkeeper. You know, there's no, there are no keeper sweepers or no diving saves. You know, you stop stopping a penalty. Like there's just not enough there. Uh, and when you, like, I think you, you captain whoever you captain. Cause you're like, this guy's going to score a hundred. And so I want the extra points on the guy who's scoring a hundred. And you're never going to say that about a goalkeeper. And so, Every so often we see lineups that win, even some podiums that like it's a goalkeeper keeper captain. And you're like, see, it works. And it's like, 
dumb things happen all the time, but like, right. that doesn't mean it's right. And so um, like the results shouldn't be more important than the process. And the process that leads you to captaining a goalkeeper, I think is whatever brought you there was wrong. <laughs> yeah. Like I was going through all these like options and like trying to like justify it. I was like, okay, sometimes you see people play goalkeeper, super rare goalkeepers in division three. Um, so that is the equivalent of captaining a, a rare, but why, why take that opportunity? Like why take the captain opportunity away from someone else that is, you know, more likely to score more? Mm -hmm. Why would I, why would I do that? There's no answer. <laughs> you you shouldn't do it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just think it's one of those things that every so often we see it. And so mm -hmm. people are like, oh, maybe I should do that. And it's like um, specifically for, for captains, um, you want those guys to score as many points as possible. There's, yeah. there's a reason that you're captaining them because you're like, I'm trying to maximize my points. And so I'm going to take this player that I think will score the maximum points. And now I get this bonus and doing it with a goalkeeper. You're basically saying, I'd like to get extra points on extra points on my 70.3 in a, in a best case scenario. Okay. If you have, uh, and this is, this is just another justification for stupidity, but let's say you have Langerock, probably not even pronouncing that right. Mm -hmm. here. Um, Who hasn't given up a goal since like uh, 2006. He gave up one the other day, but you're right. <laughs> he is basically pegged in at 60 every week. They don't give up a lot of shots. He doesn't, I don't know what he does he, during games, but he's got to be bored out of his mind. Mm -hmm. So you can pencil him in most weeks for 60. If you're playing him in all-star D4, do you captain him just because you, you know that he's a good like floor play? I know the answers now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to justify something here. Yeah, I I just really don't think there's ever a situation that it makes the most sense. Um, like I think if you if you're in a situation where you're like, this is an ideal matchup for for a goalkeeper, I almost feel like the right play is to go buy a defender of that team. Like if you don't have it, yeah. like go get one because right. if it's such a sure thing, then go buy your 90 points. Um, but while, like we said, while we're, answering, while we're answering this ridiculous question, I'll ask you another one. If you could play two goalkeepers in a lineup, would you? No, God, no. God, no. <laughs> <laughs> I actually um, wanted to ask now that they have the private leagues on so rare data, Mm -hmm. I want to be able to set up a league with no goalkeepers. Oh, that'd be fun. Yeah, right. exactly. Good. That would be fun because we don't yeah. have to deal with goalkeepers. You know, I started a fantasy football, American football league that my family and friends have played for years. And we removed kickers and defense because kickers and defense are not fun. No, not fun at all. Yeah. And I equate kickers almost. Kickers and no, mostly just kickers. Defense, there's some strategy there. Kickers are like our goalkeepers. They're not fun. Yeah. Well, I think the, the issue with all of them is that it's uh, more so with defenses, but it's just unpredictable variants that, yeah. um, that you're benefiting from randomness and everything that we do to, from buying cards to setting lineups, to deciding what works, uh, what contests we're entering is trying to predict what's going to happen yeah. And randomness just ruins all of it. 
yeah. and not in a fun way. Uh, like it's yeah. one thing, like, you know, somebody you're playing somebody in a head to head and they, you know, their forward scores a hat trick. You're like, well, that, you know, that can happen. Right. But then, you know, just anything else, good two goal. My gosh. I, like <laughs> I'm upset you even brought it up, <laughs> but I'll invite you to the non, the no goalkeeper. Uh, yeah. I'll so, that sounds fun. What do, Maybe we'll do SO 10 or do we make it an 11th? I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I think um, SO 5 with no goalkeeper would be. SO 5 with no goalkeeper? Yeah. They should or do that like every week. Just have a no goalkeeper league. Make it like global all-star before you put anyone there. Five players, no goalkeeper. Be fun. Do you think they should do that really? Yeah. Be fun. For somebody who owns a bunch of goalkeeper cards. <laughs> and now they're worthless. I mean, it's just another division that we can compete in. Oh, that's fair. Okay. Yeah, just another division. Make the, it like a weekly where there's no power or anything. You just chuck in five guys. So do you put your five best guys in that one? Yeah. Oh, oh, I don't know. It, it would depend yeah. on everything else, but um, yeah, I don't know. It'd be interesting. What if you have a goalkeeper with two defenders, but your two defenders are your best two, and you play them in this non-goalkeeper? See, see, it's slippery yeah. slope here, Black. Yeah, I know. Um. I think I, we touched on everything that I wanted to touch on. Uh, we talked about goalkeeper captains. That was the last thing I want to talk about. Yeah. You wanted to end it on that note. What about purchasing strategies? So uh, I think, I, I think you need to decide what you want to play before you buy. And I know that sounds really stupid, but I think it goes back to kind of what I was saying in the beginning that uh, we we say in global, like, oh, you can take guys from anywhere. And so just buy four cards, play a common and just go on your way. Mm-hmm. Um, I think before you do that, you have to decide wh- where you want to compete because um, they're just for budgetary reasons. It's like the champion Europe guys tend to be more expensive than challenger Europe. They're not as many of them. They're more well-known. So they're kind of have this collectible aspect. So if you're somebody who's like coming in and you're like, you're like, I'm going to grind uh, global for as long as I can, and then try to buy some champion Europe cards. Like that's very different than playing, you know, the Asian uh, champion Asia or champion America. Like though you can get in a little cheaper usually, you know, in the lead up to the seasons, we'll call it. Sure. Um, so I think it's important when you're buying cards to say like, what is this card going to get me? Does it get me closer to playing champion America? What is my my plan for this card? Right. Uh, I think every card should have a plan. And if, and if the the plan is I'm buying this card now because I think this guy is going to play better and I'll sell him. Like, that's okay. Plenty of people who do that. Um, but I think every card should have a plan. Yeah. So going off that last point. I think a, a big strategy for me is trying to buy when a player's out of form. Price tends to be lower on those types of players yep. and sell them when they are in form. I've made this mistake. Amiri is the big one. I bought him right after he had like six or seven, like massive games this year. And I had Leon ba- Bailey to pair with them. So I thought it was going to be like a great correlation. It's printing money. Ever since I bought him, man, he's just totally downhill and, um, I bought high and I'm not selling now. I'm not selling after all, all of these bad, bad games. Yeah. I, that would be the, the opposite of what I should do, you know, buy high, sell low. So I, I think some of those just basic market mechanics, um, of 
you know, you want to buy low, sell high. You want to do the same with, with form. You want to buy them when they're out of form or be prepared to pay the premium. I think it's important to buy low, buy poor form while still playing though. Yeah. Um, because there are plenty of guys who stop playing when they're not playing well. And I mean, uh, that brings you back to the DNP problem. Yeah. That said, I mean, if, if, if they've totally been dropped from the lineup uh, at that point, they're going to be pretty cheap. And it's not like guys are going to stay out of the lineup forever. Yeah. I mean, they, they can find their way back into being, you know, totally startable uh, weekly players again. Um, but again, it's patience. Yeah. I hate that that's the most reasonable advice in all of so rare. Like you just have so something like, yeah, just be patient. Right. That's not, I don't want to be patient. Yeah. I, I buy guys with like the thought of patience in mind. Like, okay, he's kind of a project guy or whatever. Like I think he's, he's skilled or he's talented, um, but he's just not, they don't play him every week. I'm not using him, but like, right. the thought is like, he's young. Next year, next year might be his year. I don't know. I think that's reasonable. Um, but I think, I think that point of like, don't don't pay top price for the f- recent three games is really important. Um, yeah. Because, but it's also, I mean, it's that's tough to ignore. Right. Like guys start playing really well, and you're like, man, I really need to have this guy because he's mm-hmm. playing so well. And you see a lot of other people, uh, you know, that maybe. Uh, certain guys that you track and you're like, Oh, he has one. He bought, he just bought it too. And, and but it's like, you might've missed good, it already. A good one to track will be Randall Leal from Nashville. He's his first two games were a hundred and like 78 or 80. Yeah. Or something. So I sold the hype on him. So I sold my only copy of his card. Let's see what happens the next few weeks. Did I do a good job at, at selling the top or is he going to rip off, you know, 80, 80, 80, 80, and I'm going to look like an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it depends what you do with the proceeds. Maybe you bought it for a guy who goes 90, 90, 90. Yeah, very likely. Bet it, bet it wasn't a goalkeeper, though. <laughs> right. Uh-uh. All right. Uh, if you guys have enjoyed this uh, podcast, if you could please rate and review it wherever you listen. If you are watching on YouTube, if you could just please hit the like button below. Feel free to subscribe for all of the Rotowire videos as well. Um, we will be back next week with another topic that um, we haven't finalized yet. So if anybody has anything they'd like us to touch on, um, please feel free to reach out to us. Again, you can find me on Twitter at Rotowire Andrew. You can find Andy at ablack86. Uh, we're also available in the uh, SoRare Discord, so you can easily find us there as well. So, um, yeah, thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Andy, I'll talk to you next week. See you. Thank you for listening to the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. For more great content, visit rotowire.com slash soccer. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.